Okay, folks, welcome once again to the Truth Ranger podcast. This is the September 23rd, 2021 edition, so the world is apparently still here. Okay, right up front's where I make my little disclaimer on every episode. This material may not be for you. You may find it offensive. My material, what God has given me to share, is meant for the last day's church, the remnant. These are people who have come out or are coming out of the harlotry of man-made religion. If you are still in the harlot, if you are still in the religious system, you will probably not appreciate anything that I will share here. As a matter of fact, you will probably be offended. And it's not my purpose to offend you, but people who are still in man-made religion are just offended because of religious spirit that keeps them from receiving the truth. Okay, so that being said, I'm going to take a little short break here, like I always do, and give you time to shut me off. You don't have to listen, but if you listen from here on out, then you've done it. I haven't done it. Hope you're not offended, but if you are, that's the way it goes. All right, Truth Ranger Richard Tucker, be right back with you. Okay, Truth Ranger Richard, back with you one more time. Hey, we're going to do a little short episode here today. And the nice thing about doing solo podcasts is I get to pick what I want to talk about. And today, I'm going to talk about my favorite subject. My favorite subject is my father. My father. My heavenly father. What a wonderful person he is. Do you know God? Do you know our father? Where did you learn about God? How can we actually know what the Father is really like. Well, we're going to just touch on some basic stuff. Not going to get heavy into scripture because I don't want to be preaching at you. This is just a little conversation. Jesus said that when you looked upon him, you were looking upon the Father. Jesus was the personification of God on earth. So what we see from Jesus what he did, what he said, how he treated people was a reflection of the God he served, the God he obeyed, his Father. Am I wrong? So what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus met people where they were. He met them where they were. At no time did Jesus ever tell anyone to clean up and come to him. Not one time did he tell someone to cut their hair or grow their hair or get rid of the tattoos or somehow repay every mistake they'd ever made. Never. What did Jesus do? Well, for one thing, he met a man 
who was being crucified beside him and promised him that he would be with him in paradise that day. Now, there's only two possibilities here. Either Jesus lied, and he didn't, or he told the truth, and the man was with Jesus in paradise that day. How could that be? How could that be? This was a man who was hanging on the cross for being a thief. And we have to assume that he was, that he was guilty. But Jesus said, Behold, today you will be with me in paradise. How could that be? When was this man, this thief, baptized? When? When was this man able to repay whatever he had stolen from people? See what I'm saying? Jesus is the personification of God. Jesus met the woman taken in adultery that the Pharisees were going to stone to death legally. Legally, they had the legal right to do it. But Jesus intervened. Jesus stopped it. Jesus restored her. Restoration is the key word here. Did he continue judging her? No. He said, where are your accusers? Well, where were they? They were running like scalded dogs because Jesus had knelt in the dirt and wrote what? My feeling is he wrote their names and a little dash and the prostitutes that they had been with. See, you can't fool God. You religious uppity-uppity thing might fool people, but it's not fooling God. Sorry, it's just not. Okay. So we see Jesus, who pardoned, personally pardoned, a man dying on the cross beside him. No religious ritual involved. No Hail Marys. <laughs> no repeating anything. He didn't say, hold up your hand and repeat after me, say the sinner's prayer. The man didn't live long enough to be baptized. He had no way to repay the money or whatever it is he had stolen. So you see, Jesus is the personification of God. And God' personality, his personality, is reflected through Jesus. In every single case, Jesus saved, healed, and restored. In every single case, Jesus treated everyone, everyone with nothing but compassion, love, and kindness. Jesus restored everyone that he came in contact with. Were there exceptions? Yes, there were. But it wasn't Jesus. It was the other people. Remember when Jesus was preaching and it got just a little bit too hot for some people. And scripture says that the multitudes got up and walked away from him. Remember? He couldn't restore them because they hardened their heart. Then what did Jesus do? Here's the most important part. Get into that scripture. 
Jesus turned and looked at his disciples and said, are you going to leave too? He didn't beg them to stay. He didn't beg the people that were walking away from him to come back. He did not. He let them go. And what the disciples do? They turned around and said to Jesus, where would we go? Where would we go? You're the one that leads us to eternal life. You are. You are the one. There is none other. Okay. So we see a God reflected in his Son that had nothing but love and mercy for everyone but, but, the only time Christ Jesus ever showed any kind of anger or we'll call righteous indignation was toward who? The religious. Remember? The scribes and Pharisees? Snakes and vipers? Remember? Remember the money changers' tables that were turned over? And it wasn't a nice little thing he did. He was violent. The heart of God. The heart of God reflected through a man. God is also angry at the religions, the religious, that are using their money-changing money tables and ripping off God's people. He is not happy with it. Jesus reflected the heart and mind of God. All right, this isn't just about anti-religion. Even though God is anti-religion, Jesus Christ founded no religion whatsoever. None. Nada. Zilch. There are people today that only know the image of God that their religion has shown them. And it's not a true image. I want to tell you, and we're going to go back into some Old Testament here. You know, people... I've talked to so many people that see there's a big conflict between the Old Testament and the New. There's a big conflict between God the Father and Jesus the Son, but there's really not. If we really look at Scripture, we will see that the Father was restorative towards his people all along, even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Covenant, even under law. Example after example after example. Okay, let's just talk about one. I'm going to try to make it brief today. There was a prophet named Hosea. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Read the scripture. It's not very long, and it's a wonderful story. Hosea was a prophet of God. Now, when we say prophet of God, we always think of, you know, some fire and brimstone guy screaming and yelling. We don't think about Jeremiah the crying prophet. See, people who say, call themselves prophets, self-appointed prophets, they really don't understand what a prophet is or they wouldn't want to be one. <laughs> it's true. They're not psychics. They're not people who predict the future and get a check in the mail for it. Not at all. Open the book of Hosea. Read it yourself. First, we need to know <clears throat> that the very name Hosea means Savior. So, Old Testament, Old Covenant, God picks Hosea as a prophet, and Hosea means Savior. 
right there it tells you, right there it tells you that the Father was wanting to restore his people, his family, even then. Way before Christ physically came on the scene. Way before John 3.16. Old Testament. Old Covenant. All right, so what happened to Hosea? God's people had strayed so far from him that God told his prophet Hosea, now get this, he told Hosea to marry a whore. His prophet, he told him to marry a prostitute. Now, this will make a, the religious eyebrows perk up here. What if your pastor, your evangelist, your guru, whoever it is, that you put up on a pedestal, what if he really heard from God? What if he actually did hear from God and he didn't look on the internet and make up sermons or they weren't mailed to him like a lot of denominations do? What if he really heard from God and God told him, marry a prostitute? How long would he be your pastor? How long would you go to that institution? I don't even use the word church anymore. You would probably run as far and fast from that guy as you could. That's the truth. Because we have this mindset of God that's based on what we've been indoctrinated in religious, religiously. Our concept of God is what man-made antichrist religion has told us. But here is God telling his prophet to marry a prostitute. Imagine that. So Hosea whose name meant Savior, obeyed. He married a woman named Gomer. Now, that's kind of hard to deal with right there. Can you imagine what it would be like to be married to a woman named Gomer? Now, set aside all the, <clears throat> the problems with her being a prostitute. Can you imagine being intimate <laughs> with a woman named Gomer? Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine on their honeymoon? Golly, Shazam! I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And you shouldn't be listening to that, so take it all back. No, really. A man of God is told to do something by God that's totally against religion. The religion of that day, even. And the religion of today. God is not a human being. He doesn't have to ask our permission or approval. He doesn't have to do things that we agree with. He told Hosea to marry a prostitute, and he did. Read the story. Don't take my word for it. And I'm making a short episode out of it here. I'm not going to read it word for word and go into great detail. See, I do this so you will dig into it. So some of you scratching your head and think, well, this old man must be wrong. That can't be true. Well, prove it's not true. Dig into scripture yourself. I'm not here to be your leader. I'm not. I'm here to be a fellow follower. Okay? You dig into it. By the way, when you prove me wrong, write me an email and tell me. Truthradio at mail.com. Truthradio at mail.com. That's my email address here, and I'm glad to hear from you. 
You can disagree, agree. You can call me names. I don't care. But let's get back to the story here. Hosea marries a prostitute. And she is a prostitute. She goes out messing around on him all the time. She has children. I believe it was three. I'm not sure. So you need to check. She had children. Scripture doesn't make it clear whether the children belong to Hosea or not. But it's a pretty good idea, since she was away from Hosea more than she was with him, and since she was a prostitute, chances are she gave Hosea children from her customers, from other men, from her whoredom. Think about this. This is a man of God. This is not your next-door neighbor or some drunk you know or some drug addict. This is a chosen, appointed, anointed man of God doing what God told him to do. So, what happens? Gomer has multiple children and is finally wanders off again into the darkness of her world and Hosea finds out that she's being sold, sold as a prostitute at an auction. <clears throat> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the man of God marrying a woman who gave him three children from outside of the marriage, probably? He's raising the children, and she... Gomer, his wife, prostitutes herself to the point that she's taken and sold at public auction. Read it yourself. Don't take my word for it. So what does Hosea do? Well, does he get a church committee together and ask their permission to divorce his wife? No. Does he get a committee together and... Tell everybody how terrible Gomer is? No. What does Hosea do? The man of God. The appointed prophet of God. What does he do? He goes to the auction. And he buys back Gomer. He purchases. He purchases the wife back who has repeatedly betrayed him, who has turned herself over to a terrible lifestyle and has become so decrepit that she was going to be sold at public auction as a prostitute. The man of God obeys God and goes there and buys back, buys back the prostitute he had married. Now, why in the world am I talking about this? Isn't this something you shouldn't be discussing amongst Christians? <laughs> no, it's not. Because what we need to see is that even back then, all God the Father had for his people was restoration. Everything the Father did was for ultimate restoration. 
He was not there to condemn Gomer. Of course, it was all a type and shadow, although it actually did happen. The reason Hosea was told to marry the prostitute and went through all this was to show people, his, his people, God's people, how much he loved them. And even though his people had strayed so far that they identified with Gomer, they had committed adultery against the God that loved them so much that they had even bred children from their adultery, from their prostitution. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. So what did God do? What did the Father do? All through Scripture, Old Testament, all through New Testament, was God restoring his people, showing them the way to him. Look to me and be saved, he said. He said it. God himself, look to me and be saved. He didn't say, look to the Pope. He didn't say, look to the guru. He didn't say, look to your televangelist. He said, look to me and be saved. Why? Because that's always been the heart of God. The heart of God caused the prophet to buy back the prostitute who had so badly betrayed him. The heart of God met the woman taken in adultery and saved her and forgave her. The heart of God met the thief on the cross and forgave him with no chance of him going through the repentance process, no chance of him going through the religious rituals that religion will tell you are necessary, no chance to be baptized. No chance to pay back what he has stolen. That is the heart of our Father. Can you handle this? Can you handle the fact that God loves you so much, so much, that even if you were that prostitute, he would buy you back? Can you handle that? Can you even handle the truth about God. See, a lot of people stick with man-made religion because it's easier to deal with. It's really easier to put limits on God and use those limits to control ourselves. Well, I can't do this or that because then God won't be pleased with me. Like we have to earn our salvation and then we have to work to keep it. Is that true? I might be speaking to a real prostitute right now. God loves you. God loves you. He sent Jesus to buy you back. You might not be an actual prostitute, but you may have reached a place in your life where you identify. You might have reached a place in your life where you're, you feel like you're being auctioned off to the world. But I want to tell you, God the Father bought you back. He paid the price all through Scripture. See, the God that religion shows us is not the real God. The God religion shows us is the God that makes you dependent upon them. You have to keep coming here. You have to keep paying this. You have to keep repenting of what we say you shouldn't be doing. You don't look right. 
You don't smell right. You don't walk right. All judgment. All condemnation. But there was none. There was none. From the appointed man of God, Hosea, and there was none from the man-God, Jesus. Can't you see this? Can't you see how religion has robbed you of the true identity of your Father, our Father? Don't you see that you have been condemned and judged by the Pharisees, just like the woman taken in adultery, just like Gomer, just like Gomer. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe you've sinned. Maybe you've been sold at auction. Maybe you've been a prostitute. Maybe you are now. Maybe you are the thief. Maybe you are the woman taken in adultery. It doesn't matter what you are. It matters who he is. There is no one beyond the reach of the Father. You are being restored. That's why you're listening. It is no accident, it's no coincidence that you're listening to this old man in a squeaky chair tell you about restoration. The religious age is dying. And good, good for it, good riddance. It did nothing but condemn and judge. The restoration belongs to the Father himself and he's restoring. Okay? Truthradio at mail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Your emails mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm kind of sporadic on these things. So I've got so much going on. And I just, I just want to share. I just want to share the reality of the real father. Not the one you've been told about. But the real father who has nothing but love for you. Nothing. The God-man. Jesus had nothing but love for you unless you're a self-righteous religious Pharisee. Then he might flip over your money-changing temples and he might call you a snake and a viper. And you know why? Because you would be. That's why I do the little disclaimer up front. Ain't no snakes and vipers going to want to hear what I got to say. Okay? Today, the bottom line is accept your acceptance. Be restored. Don't play this religious game. Stop listening to people that are telling you you're beyond salvation. Because I'm telling you the salvation already took place. People don't get saved. They don't. People come to the realization that they were saved at the cross. There isn't an event that saves you. There is no prayer that saves anybody. The salvation took place. It's already done. All we need to do is realize that we are included. You are included. You are not left out. You might be that prostitute. You might be that junkie. You might be shooting a needle in your veins right now. You might be. But the same father that sent Hosea to buy back Gomer sent Christ to buy you back. He has not forsaken you. He loves you, and he will restore you. All right. Hey, hang in there, folks. Be praying for me. I'm praying for you. I hope you get something out of these little messages. I love you. 
Just be restored. Accept your acceptance. Well, it's Richard, and I'm out of here one more time. I hope you've enjoyed this time together. It's a, a brief little encounter. I'm here to encourage you. I'm not here to point the fingers at you. I'm not here to tell you what a terrible person you are because you're not. You're precious. You are precious. You are the love of my Father. You are the gleam in His eye. Don't believe what the religious accusers have told you. Accept your acceptance. TruthRadioAtMail.com Love to hear from you. Out of here one more time. God bless.